Welcome to It's a Crime, I'm Linda, and today we're going to be talking about Letitia's recent letter she wrote to a judge. I've said it before that when it gets really quiet, Letitia likes to sing, and well, here's a little song she wrote. But before I get into it, if you'd like to be part of the It's a Crime community, please click that subscribe button below and make sure you hit it to all. Please share this video out where you can and hit a like if you support it. Now, let's get into it. Hello boys and girls. Today I'd like to read you a little story by Dr. Letitia Stoke. It's a four-page letter addressed to Judge Gregory Warner and written on August 12, 2020. I'll be doing a little deep dive into Letitia's story and point out some important facts in this case and some utter BS. Letitia has been known to have truths in her lies, and she has a pattern of telling on herself. She also really does like to do something when it gets quiet. So that's another pattern for Letitia. So what I'll do is I'll read a paragraph and point out some obvious and not so obvious things. Also, just to let you know why I said doctor is she signed the letter as Dr. T. Stouk and she says that she has a doctorate. Now, as a recap, I'd like to read you her current charges as she sits in jail. As I feel, obviously, it's important. Two counts of first-degree murder, child abuse resulting in death, tampering with a deceased human body, tampering with physical evidence, and crime of violence, eight counts. If you would like to see my playlist, I have a lot of videos in the Gannon Stout case. You can check it out in the playlist below and I will have it in the pinned comment as well. So for those who haven't followed the case, you'll know what the heck is going on. Now her most recent charge was actually one count of solicitation to commit escape because she had a master plan to get a broom and actually break out of the jail and she was asking another inmate to help her out. And you can't even make up this stuff, this is actually what went down. She also assaulted an officer on her transport from South Carolina to Colorado, and they had to make a little pit stop for Letitia's shenanigans. So now onto the letter. This first chapter, as I call it, is called Poor Me. For Judge Gregory Werner, good afternoon, sir. I thank you for taking the time out to read my letter and my concerns about an unfair process that is going on in my case. I have expressed these concerns several times to my defense team and feel that I have not been afforded my rights as a United States citizen. It has been five months and I've met with my defense team one time in March 2020. It is the middle of August. I understand this pandemic is unforeseen, but I don't feel I should be held unconstitutionally, denied access to my attorneys, have constitutional rights violated, and be abused in the process. Well, one thing we know for sure, Letitia's definitely the one who wrote this. Sounds like she's also upset at her defense team, and just in this one paragraph alone, she mentions unfair process, not being afforded my rights, I don't feel I should be held unconstitutionally. I'm denied access to my attorneys. I have my constitutional rights violated and I'm abused in the process. And as Letitia says, yada, 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 and what I say, wah, wah, wah. 
And since she has a doctorate, it's important to note that instead of using the phrase, I've met with my defense team once, she uses one time in March 2020. Now on to the second chapter or paragraph, which I call my violation of rights. Her letter reads, First, as you know, there is over 30,000 and growing pages of discovery in my case. I cannot successfully participate in my defense on a phone call three times a week for one hour at the jail. I have no way to view any videos, read any reports, review phone data, etc. I'm not an active participant in my case. I know the jail is listening to my attorney-client calls as on several occasions I commented about someone or something specific and the jail immediately acted upon it. Officers also wait outside the door, which is easy to hear, and sometimes a video camera is on at the TV near the phone. Sir, these things are a violation of my rights. In addition, I have no way to write things down as I'm always restrained with more times than not causing injury. I understand you cannot tell the jail how to run their facility, but I know that I can't ignore my rights being violated. And I just want to say, Letitia, thanks to you, there are 30,000 pages of discovery, including the tale of Eduardo. Now, in my opinion, you should also have charges slapped on you for false reports, kind of like how that happened to Megan Boswell in the Evelyn Boswell case and clearly impeding an investigation. So again, look how she says it's unfair it is that I'm here and how I cannot successfully participate in my own case. I also wanna bring up that Letitia thought it was also unfair when she was with the police at the station a few days after Gannon went missing. She brought up the same thing about her constitutional rights being violated, saying she didn't even get anything to drink or eat or whatever it was. And police officers actually in the affidavit, I believe, there's somewhere in a, a document that said that, yeah, she was offered she was offered something to drink and eat. So she's all about this. And this is just a continuing pattern of behavior for her. Also just wanted to point out with her fancy education, she spelled officers with an apostrophe when she meant plural for officers. So there's that. Next chapter is called Cruel and Unusual Punishment. She says, next, sir, I understand the Eighth Amendment protects cruel and unusual punishment, and I know the Supreme Court says punishment can be just for the crimes. However, I'm in a county jail and I'm presumed innocent, not to mention I am innocent, and we will prove it. You'll notice throughout this letter, she actually couples innocence when, like something she says, uh, presumed innocent, she says, and I am. She always includes that and couples it whenever she's talking about it. You'll see what I mean. And Letitia brings up the Eighth Amendment. And from my understanding, there are three clauses in that Eighth Amendment. The excessive bail clause, the excessive fines clause, and the cruel and unusual punishments clause. And Clearly, the cruel and unusual punishment clause is what she's talking about. She's bringing up the title of that because of how she's treated in jail. But from my understanding, it has to do with the punishment not exceeding the crime. So, for example, if someone is charged with stealing something, that has to match what the punishment is. They can't put them on death row. However, Letitia is bringing this into the mix because she has to support her poor me theory. So... In true Letitia style, she's finding a way to amp things up and, you know, get herself on the spotlight. 
I can only imagine though what her lawyer is saying or doing at this moment when she found out about this letter. I can pretty much hazard a guess and it looks like this. I do also wonder if in the back of her mind she's thinking about the death penalty and gearing up because that's on the table according to District Attorney Michael Allen. And I have full faith in Michael Allen. He has an excellent track record and he did talk about that the death penalty could still be in play. The next chapter, a pillar in the community and threats in my peanut butter. She says, I've been a pillar in my community in South Carolina. I have no adult record, never done drugs, and have a doctorate degree in education. I've proven myself as a responsible citizen and should not be subjected to the cruel punishment that I receive at CJC. Over 15 plus times, I have been abused in transport, ranging from injured ribs, not on my head, several ankle and wrist bleeding, bruises on my knee in my cell, loss of feeling in my hands several times. I've had to be on Ensure two weeks due to the poison comments. And just recently, on August 11th, 2020, I received threats in my peanut butter because I provided evidence of not only my innocence, but evidence that will show who it was through my PI. As a result of this, I assume their runners use people in trusted positions in jail to send me threats in my food, and I'm terrified of what will happen next. Here's my favorite line out of the whole entire four-page letter. I've been a pillar, spelt wrong, P-I-L-A-R, in my community in South Carolina. Now, notice that she did not say, I've been a pillar of the community in Colorado, because she can't. I have no adult record. Are you smoking something? Are you on glue, sniffing Kool-Aid? Don't get it. So Letitia is saying really when you break this back down is because I don't have an adult record or never done drugs and have a doctorate in education, I have proven myself as a responsible citizen and should not be subjected to cruel punishment that I receive at the jail. I've been a pillar of the community in South Carolina. See how she's using that there and manipulating her way? Or as I say, lie, lie, manipulate, lie. Honestly though, she should have used this pen and paper to write the judge and at least plead to not get the death penalty, not talk about her little boo-boos in jail and her peanut butter. And her background in education is less than stellar. She was fired at her newest job at a school right before Gannon went missing and killed. And she also uttered bomb threats and she also never showed up to work, all kinds of stuff. And honey, you're never gonna be working with children again. And you certainly won't be working using your doctorate in education. So she says over 15 times she had been abused in transport. Interestingly, no mention though that she actually assaulted an officer on her way from South Carolina where she was a pillar of that community. She wouldn't wanna include that. Also, by using the words South Carolina, she feels like almost she can still retain her status of being that pillar because that assault actually happened in Kansas. You see how she works? Like, okay, Letitia. And I'd love to also know where those 15 times that she was transported, if she was only able to see her lawyers once in March 
and then she also was going to the um, to get assessed also and then she had court but I don't know where the 15 times comes from I'd be interested to know I think we all would and what the heck is not on my head does she mean knock on my head like a knock on my head because she says not on my head is this what you mean by not and poor Letitia had to drink Ensure for two weeks. And for those of you who don't know, Ensure is just a little beverage, a little meal replacement drink. A lot of seniors actually take it, and other people as well. She's lucky to have anything to eat or drink. How about Gannon? What did he eat the last two weeks? Nothing, because he's dead. And you're really lucky to have that, Letitia, because one of Gannon's last meals was Burger King, and as you mentioned in an interview, that was his favorite food. You're lucky you don't eat that every single day at every single meal for the rest of your waking life. So be thankful you can get Ensure and peanut butter poisoned or not. Now I'm going to go back to the last sentence and read the sentence that follows it. She says, just recently on August 11th, 2020, I received threats in my peanut butter because I provided evidence of not only my innocence, but evidence that will show who it was through my PI. As a result of this, I assume their runners use people in trusted positions in jail to send me threats in my food, and I'm terrified of what will happen next. She provided evidence of who it was through her PI. Who'd she get the PI from? Jose Baez? Because remember that? She actually said that she had retained Jose Baez and that was a lie. So interesting, she writes to the judge and is so descriptive everywhere else so far about how her rights have been violated. She has the knot in her head and detailed about all this, right? And in the following pages, you'll see, except here for providing evidence that will show who it was. And as a result of her finding out from her PI, she assumes their runners use people in trusted positions in jail to send her threats. At this point, if the judge ever even looked at it, I wonder if he's actually insulted at this point. Probably not, but you know what I mean. This next chapter is called, I Pledge Allegiance to the Flag. Now, Letitia feels the need to get a little historical and really drive things home for the judge. She says, I don't know how I'm supposed to properly defend myself going through this unfair punishment, being denied my constitutional rights, being denied access to my attorneys, being under scrutiny, causing daily mental disturbances, being restrained, causing injuries, being denied law library access, etc. This is not okay in a country in which our country prides itself on democracy. A country with a flag that got a hole in it at Flanders Field in World War I. One that turned blood red in World War II. Or the one that got cut with the sword at Chancellorsville. Through all this, the flag stood. We raise her up every morning because this country still stands for freedom, perseverance, justice, and vigilance. And I know what Congress decided on June 14, 1777. Flag Day, that it still rings true that not even the evil terrorist of 9-11 can take the American spirit away. However, I am showing the same things that flag should. Valor, courage, purity, and innocence to write to you to say, I do not feel like a U.S. citizen being treated this way in my beloved 
country. I'm not getting a fair process. I'm not getting represented properly. And I'll give the benefit of the doubt of the pandemic. But the other unjust treatment is not the way that our founding fathers intended this process to go. Not to mention, no pandemic, no terrorist attack, no police riots, etc. can stop our country from being the greatest on earth, upholding the law, and staying true to following one's constitutional rights. I'm actually surprised at this point she didn't break out in song singing the Star Spangled Banner and maybe slipping a $50 bill in here. What do you think the judge would be thinking or saying if he ever did read this? Let me know in the comments below. Everything is her, her, her and not being treated fairly, not getting a fair process, her representation is improper, etc, etc. But my favorite bit in here is the line about upholding the law. Okay. Have you seen her record? The next paragraph is entitled, A Victim of Coercion, and coercion spelt wrong. Before I read this though, let's look at the definition of coercion, spelt C-O-E-R-C-I-O-N. The practice of persuading someone to do something by using force or threats. Now for the paragraph. This is just the surface of my concerns. As you will see, they only get worse with illegal search and seizure. I was a victim of coercion, spelt wrong, as it's mental and physical. Sir, you can tell I'm educated. I know Miranda versus Arizona. However, a person cannot perform under the scrutiny, abuse, coercion, spelt wrong, etc. And that's what has happened throughout this entire process. Besides due to info from my PI, I don't even feel that El Paso has jurisdiction not to mention the wrong individual. What, is she going to go buy a fish and slap it in the judge's face at this point? It's ridiculous. But this is also interesting. Like I said, she spelled coercion wrong and then says, Sir, you can tell I'm educated. And he's probably thinking, uh, Yeah, I sure can. <laughs> I literally laughed out loud when I read this. And in here, again, she's talking about her PI and not feeling like El Paso County has the proper jurisdiction for her and she's wrongfully in jail. But this is where I feel, in my opinion, she's up to something. And I'm betting the next story will be something about Florida, a person she found in Florida, something, something to that effect. It's going to be, uh, she's up to something, let's just say that. As I call it from previous videos, she's doing a backup of a backup. And I'm sure we'll hear about it soon because her court date is coming up. And she kind of gives hints to this in everything she does, really. I'm going to show you a clip that I did a long time ago. It's a quick clip that she actually alluded to where Gannon would be found in a roundabout way. Have a look she talks about I went through things I was going to purchase on Craigslist things like that I wrote them all down that's what I've been doing because I refuse to look in a ditch or a pond not because I'm being insensitive I just can't take my heart to go do that but in earlier in the call you said that you couldn't be emotional and that's why you weren't being emotional but now you're saying, I just can't take my heart to go do that. I thought you were so busy talking to FBI and everybody that you didn't have a chance to be emotional. But 
now you don't want to go search for your stepson in a ditch or pond. Is he in a ditch or pond? Is that what is that what's bringing your mind that he's somewhere in a ditch or a pond? And when she was talking about Craigslist, she was saying she was talking with authorities and giving them like, here, this is the list. Here, I'm gonna help out. This is what I've been doing because I've been looking on Craigslist. See, look somewhere else other than over where he actually is. Tisha, it's not about you, okay? Because I refuse to look in a ditch or a pond, not because I'm insensitive. I just can't take my heart to go do that. If you are a parent or a loved one, who's had your loved one disappear, you're not gonna give a rat's you know what about not being able to look in a ditch or a pond because I'd be pulling my hair back, ripping up my sleeves and going, I'm finding him and I don't care where I have to look. Now this next paragraph I call kissing up and a broken record. I reach out to you to let you know that I'm very concerned with the process because I know that you will uphold the integrity of the court. The judicial system that I know does not allow a person who is presumed innocent and who is, see the coupling, to improperly defend themselves, to be subjected to daily abuse and Eighth Amendment violation, does not deny Fifth and Sixth Amendment or speedy fair trials, does not interfere with attorney-client privilege, Yes, I can tell you many situations in which I know they are listening. Does not physically, mentally, and emotionally abuse innocent people waiting on trial. Does not allow that individual to be in danger, not just from inmates, but from employees also. And does not avoid these situations causing an individual's mental health to decline and safety be at risk. This one line though, the judicial system that I know does not allow a person who is presumed innocent and who is. Gotta throw that in there to improperly defend themselves, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, Letitia, what judicial system is it that you know? I thought you have no adult record. I live each day not knowing what will happen to me next. What person will put something else in my food? What rights I'll be denied tomorrow or what injuries will occur next? I support law enforcement, I support our military, our country, and I know that a few bad apples and incidents can ruin it for good people. Probably one of the most infuriating lines in there. First off, she doesn't support law enforcement uh, because she beats them up. And she supports our military. Well, pretty sure Al's in the military. Yep, he is. And didn't really support that or his children. And she supports the country by, you know, putting a child in a suitcase and traveling all over Florida. And a few bad apples and incidents can ruin it for good people. What about a child being murdered in his room and that's just an incident and someone's a bad apple? It's really, this is really, when you break this down, it's really insulting. She says, I extend my concerns to you as a first step in this because my attorneys have refused to let you know due to the public knowing. My life is on the line, I'm innocent, and I'm ready to return home and use the doctorate degree, EDD, that I worked diligently for, spelt wrong, and cannot do that if I'm not afforded those rights, if I'm fighting for my life daily, I'm clearly no threat to myself, etc. So just help me with this one line. I extend my concerns to you as a first step in this because my attorneys have refused 
to let you know due to the public knowing. What? Letitia says she's ready to return home and use the doctorate degree that I worked diligently for. So this is so funny because she actually mentions her doctorate and spells diligently wrong. I find that funny. Maybe I should send her a dictionary though so it's less painful. Not for her, less painful for me to read. I will give her this though. She did or must have proofread this because it's not hard to read out loud and usually it's very hard to read her half sentences. Also, she says she's ready to return home. What home, Letitia? You are home. And like I said before, you're not going to be using that doctorate degree of yours working with kids again in your lifetime. She says, again, this is just the surface of my concerns and asked that something be done so I can get this behind me. Move past this trial in life. Forgive those who persecuted and afflicted me. Continue to be a soldier for Christ and repair my mental state and most importantly, grieve. And here it is, the moment I have been waiting for, the Bible mentions and the religious comments and boom, there it is, soldier for Christ. And one word in the four-page document, one word, grieve. Grieve what, Letitia? Grieve what? The only thing you're grieving is yourself. She says, I need those constitutional rights in order to be successful and participate in this process. I'm a prisoner bound in chains, like Paul said, but I know my Bible's not bound. I also know he appointed people in authority and to respect them because they are chosen to uphold the law. Please accept this as my letter of letting you know first, not going over the court's head, and following the appropriate chains of command. Something has to be done, sir. Thank you. God bless. Dr. T. Stouk. P.S. If there's any way possible to receive acknowledgement of your receipt of this letter so that I know you are aware. Funny she says to go uh, following the appropriate chain of command and not go over the court's head, but the lawyers didn't know about this letter from my understanding. She went straight to the judge. So you kind of contradict yourself. So it was quite the story time from Letitia, or I should say, Dr. T. Stouk. And here's my overall observations. She does the poor me through the entire letter. It could have been cut down to one page, quite frankly. And she had to throw the little history of the flag in there and chuck around her doctorate in her mind. She states three times that, I think it was three times, that she is innocent. She uses all those words throughout the four-page letter for her violation of rights, sprinkles a little bit of innocence in there for good measure, and then throws in one word, grieve, and that's about it. That, my friend, is a recipe for a bull sandwich. Not once did she elaborate about her innocence to the judge. Not once. You know, I'm innocent, I love my stepson, I would never have hurt him, this is outrageous, nothing to that effect, absolutely nothing. Tisha spills her guts, and I encourage you to go see the videos in my playlist to see how much she tells on herself. And here, it's all about her and what rights she's been violated, but not once. I bet you if we went to the Innocence Project and we read about these 
inmates that are truly innocent, the letter would look a lot different. But here we are, Letitia manipulating the system because she thinks she's smarter than anyone and the judicial system. Maybe I should send a letter to Letitia and tell her where she can put the peanut butter. Let's have a little chit chat below and we can talk about this craziness with Letitia, her broom, and now her love letter to the judge. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please like and please share. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.